All right, this morning we're in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to learn all sorts of interesting things today. Um, But mostly we're going to be learning about sacrifice and and idol worship and just trust. So let's let's hop in and and see where we get. So this is uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. So I want to pause there real quick. We're not far at all, but but here it's talking about God testing Abraham. And I, I want to bring to light two very specific different kinds of tests, different kind of trials that we're going to go through as believers, as, as anyone. Um, the, the first being is a test by God, and, and the test by God always has uh, one preferred result, which is for us to, to trust in God and to grow closer to Him. We will also have many trials or temptations in our lives that are going to be not for us to trust in God, but to try to lead us away from God so that we would um, believe in ourselves or give in to our own desires rather than believing more in God. And uh, the, these two testings are, are contrasted in James chapter 1. Um, the first one being in verse 2 through 4. So this is about uh, trials or tests from God. My This James 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So we see that testings by God is is to produce our our patience, that, that God's testing our faith to see if we're going to say yes to him or if we're going to, to say no and, and wander off. And so it says that we need to let that patience, like as we're being tested, that we need to be patient, that we need to be waiting on the Lord, as, as we've seen many times with Abraham. Sometimes he, he waited on the Lord and sometimes he took things into his own hands. And so the patience is one of the things the uh, growths that we have from faith. Uh, faith. Faith is sometimes like described as like a muscle. Like like you go to the gym to work out and you, you, you work your muscles over and over again and they get bigger and bigger and they can carry more and more weight or push or do whatever you do with that muscle. And as we, we have faith, it's, it's kind of like a muscle. If we never exercise faith, if we never trust in God, our was, muscle just, just gets smaller and smaller and is, is hard to use. But the more we trust in God, the more that we, we place our trust in Him and our faith, the more that muscle will grow and we'll be able to trust in Him more and more as we're about to, to see in, in Genesis 22. But so the other side of, of trials is temptations. Blessed is the man who endures temptations. This is a different word that they're using. Um, and for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say he is tempted. I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So here's a, a clear difference between um, tests or tri- trials from God and temptations. Because temptations lead to sin. Uh, verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So we have temptations which are, are made, 
are given to us so that we would fall into them, that we would that we would trip and fall into the, the temptation like a, a pit in the ground. It would stumble. And it's not given by God. It's it's given by the world or eventually like Satan sets these up to, to draw us away from God, to draw us away from, from what is good and right and true. And it says that... Uh, when we're drawn away, it's because of our desires, because of our enticement, that we want this sin, that we want it more than being obedient to God. And when when uh, desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So it leads to sin. And when sin grows up, it brings forth death. So uh, as we walk in sin, we're we're dead creatures already. We're we're not. We don't have the life of God in us. So we need to always turn away from those temptations, turn away from those things that glorify self and glorify, and turn to the things that glorify God. So there's uh, the difference between God testing us and the world giving us trials. So this is what's happening. God is testing Abraham. God tested Abraham as he tests all of us and as God's been testing Abraham. We'll keep talking about that in a second. Then, verse 2. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took up two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. I'm going to pause there. Um, so first thing I'm going to say is God never... It, God, God is revealing things currently to Abraham. It's very new. We don't have any of the. He doesn't have the Bible. He doesn't have any prophets. But, but as we will read in the Bible, human sacrifice is very much frowned upon by God. He is very against it. Um, but we have this one instance where God is 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 asking Abraham to sacrifice his son. Um, we're going to look at that, the reason for that, and the point of that uh, shortly. But. But first thing I have to say, like we don't we don't believe in human sacrifice or you know children's sacrifice. Many of the pagan cultures in that area did do those things we read about, um, and they're they're not condoned by God. Here we have the first use of the word love in the entire Bible, and it's not love like a wife loves a husband. It's not love like. Um, a friend loves another friend. It's the love of a father to a son. And that's going to be a repeating um, theme throughout the entire Bible is the love of a father for his son. As as God loves Jesus, as God loves us, as his children, here's the first use of the word love um, to describe that relationship between a father and a son. Uh, the land of, Mor- of Moriah is uh, where the temple was built, if you can imagine uh, later on, many, many years later, uh, where uh, David's son, or David, would have wanted to, to build the temple was on the Mount of Moriah. And so there's there's a lot of, mm, I don't want to say speculation, there's a lot of assumptions that the mountain that we're headed to right now is the same place where the temple was built. At the very least, it's definitely in the same area where the temple was. And it would make perfect sense that um, the sacrifice is going to happen where the temple is um, because of 
what we'll see in the future about Jesus being sacrificed on that mountain. And he's going to go offer a burnt sacrifice there. Um, he took two men with him and his son, and he split wood, and he went to the place God told him. So he moved, went to the land of Moriah. He went for three days, and for three days, uh, his son was dead. His son um, was going to be killed on that the the altar as a a, a sacrifice. So in in Abraham's mind, the Lord has been very trustworthy, very truthful, and and, and everything he says is going to pass. So so for Abraham, this was. A hard journey. It had to have been a hard journey for him because his son was going to be killed at the whenever he got to wherever the Lord was leading him. And so for three days, in Abraham's mind, the, his son was was already dead. And oh man, uh, how how hard it is for me to imagine, for me to think about that. Um, it says he arose early in the morning and saddled the donkeys. For you know, when we have things that we don't want to do, we tend to procrastinate and drag our feet and not do them, especially if they're hard things. And sometimes, even when the Lord calls us to do things, we 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 drag our feet, and we don't want to do them. We don't want to believe that it's from God immediately. It's hard for us to understand, but man, the the faith that we see Abraham having in this chapter is is amazing. That he He's going to go obey. He he has wonderful faith in this chapter. Now, we, we see that his faith is not perfect, um, but we do see his f faith being tested over and over and over again. Um, for one of the first, really, really the, the testing of faith is about idolatry. Like, w w what do we, what does Abraham uh, have in his life that can be called an idol? So an idol is a a false god, something other than the real god in which we worship. And the, the first calling of Abraham is calling Abraham out of his land, away from his homeland, away from his people, away from everything he knows. And he says, Abraham, are you willing to sacrifice your comfort, your home, your family for me? And Abraham starts off great. He's like, yeah, God, I, I'll do that. I'm going to bring my dad, even though he's told me to separate from him, but I'm, I, I'll, I'll separate. And so he has this wonderful, great first test where he, he steps out in faith and he moves to... Um, the, the next place, and there's his father dies, and, and he keeps moving, and God keeps calling him away from things, away from these these worldly idols in which we place our trust in, because soon uh, he'll, he'll test him with a famine. He'll go down to Egypt with the famine. He'll test him with separation from Lot, his, his uh, closest relative there, and, and he continually tests him to see how he responds. How Abraham responds. And sometimes he responds poorly. Sometimes he lies about his, his wife being Sarah. Sometimes he lies. Uh, and he does he does these things. And, and it's it's a good reminder to us that, that Abraham was this, the father of faith. But he also doubted. He also, he was like, ah, God, God, I, God doesn't need to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this on my own. And, and he doesn't trust in the Lord. And, and ah, it's so amazing. Um, that God still works with works with us because He is a loving Father. He's a good, good Father that loves us. And so when He gets the the promise from God, like you're going to have a son and you're going to have lots of uh, children, descendants, um, he, they they don't have patience. They say we got to figure this out. We got to get this done. God says it needs to be now. We need to, it needs to happen. So we have Hagar. We have the sin of. Of him marrying another woman and having child with this Egyptian slave, and 
And even though he's got great faith, sometimes sometimes he's going to mess up. And God says, I'll work with that. It's okay. I'll work with that. And so slowly, as he's been exercising that muscle, as he's been growing in faith with God, he realizes that he can trust him. And that whatever, however this is going to work, it's going to be okay. Because Abraham has this faith, this trust in God, because he said that, God said that, through Isaac, your descendants will be made. So he's got this idea already in his head that I'm going to kill Isaac and then God's going to make him alive or I don't know what's going to happen, but God has made this promise through this son specifically by name. And so even if I go to kill him, God will do something. He'll he'll stop it. He'll raise him from the dead. He'll do something. And we'll look at that in a little bit, what, what might have been going on in his mind. But but he trusts in the Lord because he's been walking with him and faithfully following him. And every time he gives something up, every time he gives something up, he gets something better. He had a small amount of land in uh, wherever he was uh, with the shepherd. And, and he comes to what is modern day Israel, the Canaanite area. And, and God says, you've left your land. I'm going to give you a land, this land here to your people. I'm going to bless you beyond um, what you recently had. So the things that we give up, God will, will give back to us one one way or another, here, down here, or, or up in heaven, we'll, we'll have blessings for the things that we leave behind. Um, but that's not what motivates him. He's not following God because of rewards. He's following God because, because he loves him and, and, and has faith in him. Um, so... It's also very interesting. It says, The lad and I will go yonder, and we will come back to you. So he, again, like I said, he already has in his mind that they're going to go and offer the sacrifice, and they're both going to come back. We're, we're going to go, and then we're going to come back. You can see his faith. And not to mention how hard, you know, those three days are of, of walking. What am I going to tell Sarah if, you know, he, he's dead and gone? Or, you know, I, I, I don't even know what goes on in his mind for those three days. But for those three days, he imagines that his son is dead and, and will be. But he also has faith in the Lord that, that through Isaac, his, his people will be uh, multiplied. And so we pick up in Genesis 22, verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there, and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me pause there so here we have isaac being given wood for the burnt offering and 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 the wood for a burnt offering is is not a little bit uh i read somewhere on the internet that that possibly it will weigh up to uh 60 pounds sorry i have it in 
110 kilograms. Like the the wood for a fire to to burn an entire animal is heavy. It's not light. So we have Isaac, who's who's not a, not a baby, not a small child, probably a teenager. He could be uh, in his early twenties. We we don't exactly know how old he is, but he's he is old enough to carry a hundred. 110 kilograms on his back like he's not he's not a small one and his father Isaac is a hundred at this point in time so there, there's this like really interesting father-son trust that's going on because it says here that that Abraham bound his son so Isaac knows what's going on. Isaac is is letting it happen. He may not understand it fully. Maybe Abraham's explained it to him. Maybe he hasn't. But we have Isaac following by faith. He's got he he's got to be at least in his teenage years to be able to carry all that wood. And through faith, through trusting his father, he's doing this, even though he may not understand. And so we see that he Abraham is committed to give up whatever it is for the Lord. And so his son being an idol in his life is is not not a thing. He's willing to give up even his only son as a, a sacrifice to the Lord. And we see that such dedication and, and loyalty to the God, uh, the God of Abraham. And so what in our lives do we have as idols? What won't we give up for the Lord? Where where are we too comfortable that that we say anything but that Lord? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk to my neighbor, but but don't make me you know, and don't make me share share the gospel with them. Don't anything but that, Lord. I'm I'm comfortable at my work, my job, my home. Like don't I, I want to keep all these things, and I'll do whatever you want, but don't don't let me take give up my home. Don't let don't make me leave my family, my support structure. And slowly through time, Abraham's been giving these things up, and the Lord's been blessing him, and and so those things that we we imagine that we can't give up, the things that the Lord's is going to maybe one day say, hey, I know you love these things, but I need to see if you love me more. He's going to test us. He's going to try us to see if we'll say yes to him and say no to the, the, the things of this world. Because everything in this world is temporary. Everything is going to pass away. And we need to love the Lord more because that's that's where our heart is. And if that's where our heart is, that's that's where our treasures will be. If we keep our treasures down here on earth, they're going to perish with everything else. So we need to, to stick to the Lord and keep our eye on Him. And and just sacrifice those idols at the foot of the cross to, to God so that we we won't have them dragging around with us, weighing us down, and and, and just keeping us from what, what will turn into blessings. And so here's this first time. This is the, also the first time. That the word fear is used in the Bible. So we have the first time that the word love is used and the first time that fear is used. Now fear, we, we see, it's not that Abraham is suddenly afraid of God and and that he is, you know, cowering and doing things because he's afraid of uh, God smiting him, killing him, or taking stuff away from him. We don't see that what fear means in this passage. And usually when fear and God go together... It's more of a reverence, a respect, um, a holy honor that we, we give to God. And so this fear, many people many people that aren't believers and maybe even some believers say, Oh, well, Abraham was afraid of God and afraid that he would be punished. 
And that's never any of the, the motivation that we see from Abraham. This fear of God is the beginning of, of knowledge, of, of wisdom, but um, it's about honor and respect and, and believing that he will do what he says he will do. So we need to have that, that fear of God as well, that belief. Interesting that fear and love show up in the first, same chapter for the first time in the Bible. It's always interesting. All right. And so an angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord, stops his hand and says, Nope, don't do it. Um, I see that you fear me, and we're going to see what God provides. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up on a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descent shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. I'll pause there. So, Haram, a, a substitution for his son, has been provided by God and offered up instead of his his only son. And, and Abraham calls the place the Lord will provide, and this helps lo- clue us in as to where where this is and later on this will be the the mount that the temple's built on and and if if god led uh, abraham to the very peak to build this altar as as most most commentaries will, will tell you that this is the same place that jesus would be taken to be crucified this is the the calvary this is the the uh, mount of the skull uh, which is at the very top of the mountain where the temple is built. And so this this first sacrifice is a mirror of what will come when Jesus comes to sacrifice his life for our sins. And it's so amazing to see that, that God has, has been planning this and working up to to him being born and, and, and dying as a substitutionary sacrifice for us one day because he's been putting all these clues this good news the gospel that we have for for since the beginning since genesis that like this has always been the plan that god has that that we are sinners that we need a a sacrifice of blood to cover our sins because uh only only the the blood of uh, the perfect blood can cover us and and make us white as snow so that when we're standing before god when god's sits down to judge us that he won't see our sins he won't see our life he'll see the blood of the the lamb the blood of jesus who lived a perfect life the life that we can't we can't live we can't do we can't even meet the standards uh that he set down before us but but god loved us and he sent his sacrificial lamb jesus he god came in the flesh and lived a perfect life 
because he knew that we couldn't. And that was never the plan. The plan for the law, the plan of everything was to show us how much, how big of a sinner we are and how we're never going to be made right with God because we, we can't do it. We, we try to do good. We do really good for an hour and then, and then we're, we're messing up <laughs> if it even lasts an hour. And so we're always reminded about we need the sacrifice. We need the salvation that the Lord offers because we can't make it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. And it's so good that we have this example for us. I want to hop into uh, Hebrews 11, the, the hall of faith, which I so enjoy. and It helps us go through the Old Testament. But here in 17, 18, and 19, Hebrews 11, 17 through 19, by faith, when he was tested, like the story we're just reading about now, this is the New Testament after Jesus, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was bye, able bye. to raise him up. Hmm? Raise him up. I'm not sure what Uh-oh. Yoko's free up frozen or something. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And so we have this this mirror that the the author of Hebrews is, is calling to our attention that that God is able to raise him up, talking about the resurrection, uh, talking about, about someone dying and God bringing them back to life, which will be, it's a mirror, it's a, a foreshadowing of, of Jesus' life and time to come. And, and God's always doing those things, always putting them here and there and everywhere, trying to get us to see that God is working and he's always, always been working. So for those three days, he was seen as dead, just like Jesus was dead three days in the grave. And then when he gets there, there's a, a, a sacrifice made, but it's a substitutionary sacrifice that, that we don't have to to die to be made right with God, that Jesus died for us to make us right with God. And it's the good news, it's the gospel, it's, it's what motivates us to love because God loved us first. Even when we don't know him, even when we hated him, God loved us first and provided that, that sacrificial offering for us. Now it came to pass after these things, this is uh, Genesis 20, verses 22 to the end. Now it came to pass after these things that it was told to Abraham, saying, Indeed, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor, Huz, his firstborn, Buzz, his brother, uh, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazel, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. And Bethuel begot Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Re Remuah, also bore Te Teba, Geham, Thahash and Makkah. And so in the last bit of this chapter, we're introducing a what's called a side genealogy. It's not the entire line, but it's just talking about um, Abraham's uh, brother, um, or Mil Milka. And and so we're getting these other people that are from, from Abraham's bloodline, but that are going to be introduced in the next few stories. And so they're adding in just a little more genealogy, a little bit of stuff, because we're going to be talking about Rebecca in the, in the few days to come, in the week to come. And so, so they're adding this genealogy, and it's down here at the end of this chapter. 
because it's it's a wonderful thing because uh, these are the the documents of the Israelites of how they got to where they are, who they are, who their people are, and they're just really good historians, always recording and always keeping up with things. So we have this wonderful, wonderful chapter uh, that shows a, of a man's faith of of his his getting rid of those idols of of his his faithfulness to God and that he's being tested by God and he comes out approved he comes out showing others that he he is uh, following the Lord and that the Lord is the most important to him and so throughout our, our days this coming week I I pray that you'd be praying what what's in your life what's an idol what would you not give up to God right now seek for those things seek to ask God to to give you the heart the faith to give them up if you need to if you want to if if he wants you to give them up you need to be praying about that right now because those things we cling on to down here the temporary things they separate us from God when we when we depend too much in in just the temporary our bank accounts our jobs our identities as as human beings apart from God so I just just want you all to be praying this week about what's an idol in our life what what do we what do we love more than God? What do we put in his place? Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for this time that we've gotten to look at just the faith of Abraham as, as he's been building it and building and building his muscle. And, and Lord God, how, how faithful he was. Lord God, I, I pray that you can give us faith like that so that we would trust you. Not blindly, but slowly build our faith, Lord God, so that we can walk with you, that we can do those things that you ask us to do that we don't want to do that makes us uncomfortable. But we trust that you know what's good for us because you're a good, good father. You're you're, you're holy and good and know what's right for us, Lord. And God, I just pray that you give me strength to do those things because I need it. I need to be able to say yes to you when... When things are uncomfortable, even when things are hard, Lord God, I've I've said yes in the past, as we've all said yes in the past. But Lord God, help us me say yes next, and the next time, and the next time, so that I would just fully depend on you and trust in you, Lord God, that that you are who you say you are. Lord God, thank you for sending Jesus down here for us to to see his example, to see the way that he walks, so that we may may have that example on who you are, that you, you sacrificed yourself to, to come to save us from our sins, to be that substitutionary sacrifice. God, help us to live sacrificially for you every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.